Should congregational rabbis pastor to those who aren't Jews-paying members of the synagogue? Welcome to the Transformative Daf. My name is Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Today we are on page 35 of Tractate Nadarim, and we learn that rabbis don't work for the members, they work for God. Welcome to the Transformative Daf, and thank you for being my Chavarissa today. I like to begin with a story. Rav Aaron Leib Steinman was once asked why he never took vacation. How can I go away, he replied. Many people come on a daily basis seeking my advice. On another occasion, when he was already quite elderly, his grandson asked whether he was filling up to seeing some visitors who had come for a blessing. Of course, that's why I was created, he responded. What do you mean, asked the young man. The whole purpose of man on earth, Riff Steinman declared, is to help another person. Every additional individual I merit to bring assistance to is a further fulfillment of my mission in this world. Let's look at today's Gemara. Are the Kohanim serving in the Holy Temple our agents or agents of heaven? What is the difference regarding one who disavowed benefit from another? If you say that the Kohanim are our agents, the priests would be helping the vower if they offered his sacrifice and thus prohibited. But if you say that they are agents of heaven, they would be permitted to offer his sacrifice. Let's analyze the Gemara. While we don't have Kohanim serving the Holy Temple today, we do have a priestly class that carries out our ritual and religious duties. Our rabbis are paid religious professionals, and while they're not practicing Judaism on our behalf, they certainly appear to be our agents for many important services. Take, for example, pastoral work. When the rabbi visits a patient in hospital, why is he doing it? When a rabbi gives a class, why does he do that? The obvious understanding is that the congregation has paid him a salary and he has various duties to fulfill. He needs to bring them emotional comfort during their time of distress. He needs to teach Torah because they don't have as much time and expertise to learn the kind of Torah that he can offer them. Inevitably, all shuls are faced with the question of the rabbi's duty to non-members. Should the rabbi only visit members in the hospital? Or should he see if there are other Jews in the hospital while he's already there? Should classes be open to members only? Or if the rabbi is already giving a class, does it hurt if there are a few extra people in the room? Should the rabbi be representing the Jewish community at communal and political events? Or should he stick to servicing the membership who, after all, are the ones who are paying his salary? All of these questions may be summarized by the query of the Gemara. Do the priests work for us or do they work for God? If the priest, in this case the rabbi, works for us, the congregation, then it makes sense that he should focus solely on the needs of the members who are funding his salary. But if he works for God, then he has a duty to serve not just the members of the congregation, but all of Hashem's children, shul members as well as non-members. But why would that be the case? How could he not be working for those who are paying him? Think about the Kohen in the temple. If a farmer with a large field shows up to the holy temple expecting better service because he has provided more tithes to the priests than most other people, should he receive preferential treatment? Hopefully not. The priests work for the temple. They work for God. If the farmer has been blessed with the wherewithal to provide a greater share of priestly gifts than other Jews, that doesn't allow him to cut the line when he gets to the temple. Rather, he has been blessed with a larger spiritual portion in the merit of the day-to-day -day work of the priests. In a similar vein, consider the business arrangement between the tribes of Yisachar and Zevulun. Yisachar would learn Torah while Zevulun would financially support them. Let's say a regular Israelite entered the base Medrash seeking to learn Torah with a Yisacharite. 
Would they ask him how much his parents had contributed toward the tribe and provide sheer time accordingly? Presumably, they were available to learn Torah with whoever wished to enter, no questions asked. They were servants of Hashem ready to teach every single child of Israel, irrespective of his background or family status. That needs to be our attitude toward our congregational rabbis. They work for Hashem. When shul members pay their salaries, they become partners with the rabbi in this service of heaven. The free riders who don't pay synagogue dues and simply show up to utilize the services of the rabbi in synagogue should not be treated with disdain. Instead, paying members should take pride in the knowledge that they have been blessed with the means to provide Hashem's servants with the resources needed to serve Klal Yisrael. The communal merit that those servants are achieving with their holy activity is accruing in the spiritual account of those who support them. Synagogues are not country clubs. Shul events are not for an elite class of Jews. Children's programs should not be reserved for those kids whose parents made certain financial choices. Our mission as a shul is to be an embassy for heaven. If you are a member of the shul, you are a partner in the important work of the divine embassy. At the embassy, we work together as agents of heaven to make this world a better, more spiritual place. You see, the thing about ambassadors is that they must deal with people in the craziest of situations. They could get a call at 2 o'clock on a Sunday morning about a stolen passport. Likewise, people get into spiritual messes that you must be prepared to take on without judging them or setting financial preconditions. They are citizens of heaven. Hopefully, they'll appreciate the importance of contributing toward the services. But even if they don't, we must never hesitate to serve them. It's an awesome honor and responsibility to be a divine ambassador. As an individual who understands why contributing to the community is important, it's a sign that you have been chosen to administer the services of the embassy to every one of God's children. May you merit satisfying every citizen of heaven's spiritual needs. Wishing you a transformative day. Thank you for tuning into the Transformative Daf Podcast with Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Whether you've been doing Daf Yomi for years or you're not quite ready to commit but want to be part of the Daf Yomi global movement, there's something in the Transformative Daf for everyone. It's about joining the conversation. It's about talking over the Daf with your family, your friends, your colleagues. It means never being short of a discussion starter or a meaningful Dvar Torah. Every page of the Gemara, every word, every letter contains the secrets of the universe to achieving a life of simcha and purpose. Transform your life today. The Transformative Daf is published by Mosaic Press and available at all good Jewish bookstores and online from mosaicopress.com. Thank you, The Transformative Daf.